MVP Week 13, holding cushion alongside the director of DFS for 444.com, TJ Hernandez. TJ, little Missy Elliott going on here this week, huh? Yeah, Holden, what's up, buddy? Uh, Work It from her 2002 album, Under Construction, Missy Elliott, uh, a hip-hop legend and one of her classics there, brought us in today. You can find that song as well as all of our intro music on the DFS MVP Spotify playlist. Just go to Spotify search DFS MVP, or you can find it on my Twitter. I post it almost every week with the podcast. It's, uh, it's I like to call it my lineup building music, but uh, it's good throughout the year. All right, very good stuff there. We got our week 13 plays. We're also going to be uh, talking about playing through a losing streak because it mm-hmm. literally happens to everybody. Um, I remember going to a, like a conference in Chicago, and who was it? Silva was there, and uh, Beer Maker was that? Chris Prince. A whole bunch of guys, big winners, and it, we had a you know fifteen minute discussion about losing streaks and how everybody's going to go through it. And hey, I, I'll be up front with you. I'm in a losing streak right now. Well, I'm in a losing streak. I told you last four weeks. I mean, I had a nice Thanksgiving Day slate. Outside of that, I had an amazing start to the season. Last four weeks have just been garbage for me. So this would be a little therapy for me, my man. I'm looking forward to talking to you about it and. And yeah, it's, it's fine when you're in it. Um, sometimes you just f- start questioning yourself. So it's time to, time to get back and just keep grinding and grinding harder. It happens to everybody, especially in football. So it's going to be a, it's a good topic to talk about this time of year. Cause we're, we're so deep into it. Everybody is, uh, is in the middle of that grind. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going through losing streaks and NFL is so high variance and you have uh, so few trials that it could feel worse than other sports. But uh, it's, a, it's a good topic to discuss. Was that was that conference one of the DFS MVP boot camps that Al Smizzle used to put on? Yeah, exactly. Nice, Al Smizzle, nice. that's who it was. Yeah, yep. Smizzle was there. Did you ever go to one of those? Yeah, I went to one in Vegas as a guest, and I was actually a, a presenter at one in L.A. So I've, I, uh, I've had a good time with those boot camps. Those Does he fun. do them still? No, he hasn't done them for a couple of years, but it was a good little run uh, that that we did for a while. Those were really fun. It was a blast, and I learned yeah. so much from that. And you know, because I was a break-even player for the sure. first couple of years playing, I was like, let's just try to take this to the next level. Did it, and it really did. It worked out a lot. So uh, there you go with that. We also have our DFS MVP promo, twenty-five percent off. Are we down to thirty-nine dollars because we're just so late in the season? Yeah, we after uh, after Thanksgiving we dropped the price down to thirty nine. Uh, I mean, we only have including this week uh, what five weeks left of regular season, but we still have three weeks of the playoffs. So that thirty nine dollars is going to get you access to all of our analysis, all of our uh, projections by by John Paulson, and all of those projections feed our our lineup generator, all of our DFS tools. We've had uh, sub sending us weekly really big wins using those analysis and tools. So 39 for the rest of the season. If you use DFS MVP promo code, when you sign up, that's just one word, uh, sorry, two words, DFS MVP, 25% off of that $39 price tag. Yeah. My wife was so excited. She's like, Oh, fantasy football is almost over. You only got four or five weeks left. And I said, you forget that this goes through week 20, sweetie. So, you know, yeah, we got a long way to go. We, we do we do have a long way to go, but also we only have a, um, about a month left of, of DFS as we know it, as we've been talking about it on this podcast. Week 17, things get a little wonky because we're kind of – it's similar to preseason where we're just looking for these players that are going to have playing time because so many people sit. And then obviously playoffs are short slate. So uh, for, for these really big like millionaire contests, we are – kind of running short on time so it's yes it's almost uh, we have a lot of time but also some of the, the big events are almost over if you leave a uh, a review and you rate the show five stars you are automatically entered to win a t-shirt a four mm-hmm. for four t-shirt which i was wearing earlier today uh just to throw another uh, personal story in there my kid puked on me and i had to take <laughs> it off so i'm wearing a different shirt now but who is this week's winner uh, that's hashtag dad life, the kid puking on my mouth. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, yeah, this week, uh, 
Our winner is uh, Golfballer01, left us a real nice five-star review. And if you uh, want the details, Golfballer, on how to get your T-shirt, go on Twitter. Find me at TJ Hernandez. Shoot me a message. Let me know that uh, that I called out your name. I'll give you the details on that. And if you guys want a free 4 for 4 T-shirt, very soft, very comfy, very stylish T-shirt, mm-hmm. uh, be sure to go on iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review. I was just looking at my collection. I, I haven't re-upped. I don't think I re-upped this year at all, so mine are getting a little dingy. So maybe I need to leave us a review or ask somebody that knows a guy. I think I need to lose about 10 pounds so I can <laughs> uh, fit into the medium that uh, our boss sent us. So here's what we do. We got a few of our core plays at every position for the main slate. We got a theory segment, which this week is slump busting. And then here we go. The buys are done. So all the yeah. all the teams are playing now. Um, and what is did you say this is the second highest projective scoring week of the year? Yeah, if we look at all of the uh, implied totals for the week, the the average implied point total is just a little over 24. There isn't an over-under on, on Chicago-New York game. I think they're waiting for official news on Trubisky. So I have a feeling that'll drop it down a little bit. But uh, only one week, as, as the over-unders and implied totals stand now, only one week has been projected for more points. So lots of... Uh, lots of goodness on this slate. And, and also you mentioned the buys are over. So it does change the dynamic a little bit. We've been around that uh, 10 team per uh, per main slate or 10 games per main slate over the past, I don't know, six or seven, <clears throat> excuse me, six or seven weeks. Uh, but now we have 13 games on the main slate. So a, a lot more to choose from, which obviously means a lot more decision points. Uh, let's start at quarterback. Jameis Winston, Aaron Rodgers. I want to throw Lamar Jackson in there. Guy I want to start with, though, is Aaron Rodgers, who's at 8,300 on FanDuel, 6,200 on DK, taking on Arizona. I mean, you talk about a horrible, horrible team yeah. um, in every facet. I mean, they got a rookie quarterback, but their coaching is absolutely brutal. They've been outscored by 138 points this year. 138. That's Only Oakland's worse than 140. Margin. That's how bad they are every bit as bad as the Oakland Raiders. This is a horrible football team and they're going to get shredded by the Packers who are a completely different team at home. They haven't lost at home this year. They're four Oh and one. So things are looking good for the Packers, their offense, their defense. So what do you like about Aaron Rodgers here? I wanted to bring up Rodgers specifically today because there are a lot of guys that are at the top of the four for four value reports and probably going to be uh, a top other value reports on other sites that uh, are in slightly better games in terms of uh, implied point total or in terms of favorites, definitely in terms of on-paper matchup. And Aaron Rodgers is a player that we know is an elite-level talent, hasn't been putting up elite-level numbers uh, this year. But I I think especially at his price tag, 8,300 on FanDuel, 6,200 on DraftKings, Probably going to go overlooked a little bit because on the season-long level, Arizona isn't a defense that has uh, been particularly friendly to quarterbacks. And they do have a a good uh, pass defense with Patrick Peterson over there. But a lot of that also has to do with the fact that teams have just been running over Arizona, getting ahead big, not having to pass a lot. They're near uh, the bottom of the league in, in pass attempts faced. They're, if we look at something like 4 for 4 schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed, they're a defense that funnels fantasy points uh, towards the run. But similar to defenses I've talked up in, in the past that haven't seen high volume but have allowed very high efficiency, think about Detroit a few weeks ago. Uh, Miami, we didn't really peg them as a, a great matchup until last week uh, when, when we touted Andrew Luck against them. And now we have a similar situation. Arizona... Over the past six weeks, they've allowed the seventh most fantasy points per pass attempt, uh, multiple touchdowns in three straight games. And now we have this offense in Green Bay who uh, a lot of people are down on, mainly, mainly because of Mike McCarthy. They've lost uh, a lot of games that I think a lot of people think they should have won, haven't been running an offense as efficient as we have uh, been used to from Green Bay. But now... A 29.25 implied point total is their second highest of the season. And Green Bay is a team, they already throw it at a top six rate and neutral passing rate. They throw it at the second highest rate uh, inside the 10-yard line. So 
with those efficiency numbers that Arizona has been allowing lately, I, I think this is just a spot where Rodgers is probably going to fly a little bit under the radar. And given that he's at similar price points to these guys like uh, Cam Newton, Jared Goff, he, he uh, could go pretty low owned in, in what a lot of people might think is, is a bad matchup when in fact it, it could end up being a really good matchup. Yeah, I, for one, was really not focused on Rodgers. And you could go catch. I think tournaments, you're right. Tournaments for sure, yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's Newton. What what do we got here? We got Mahomes, Newton, Goff, Wilson are the top four on DraftKings. Mm -hmm. And then it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean... It's it would be easy just to scan over him because he has not been he's just not been the same guy this season. But again, this the team that he's going up against in the Arizona Cardinals is just about as bad a team in all facets of the game as you could imagine. Um, then there's Jameis Winston. So again, is Jameis going to get pulled? Is he not going to get pulled? Well, last week I faded him and I shouldn't have faded him because he put up points. But they're going up against Carolina this week. He's 7,500 on FanDuel. He's 6K on DK. I, again, am scared to use him because he's so turnover prone. You just don't know what Cutter's going to do at this point. But, I mean, he's the number one value that we have right now. And there's got to be a reason for that, TJ. So why should Jameis Winston be at the top of the list in cash games? A lot of it. As often is the case in DFS, a lot of it just comes down to price. If we if we look at our top values, we have Jameis Winston and Cam Newton valued very similarly. Uh, but compare Jameis Winston's price on FanDuel seventy five hundred to Cam Newton's price uh, on FanDuel eighty seven hundred, a twelve hundred dollar discount there. On DraftKings, you're getting a six hundred dollar discount on Jameis Winston compared to Cam Newton. And I, I want to compare those two specifically because they're playing against each other in a game with a projected total at 55. Now there's three of those games this week with projected totals of 55 or above, but two of them, the spreads are uh, double digits. This game between Tampa Bay and Carolina, the spread is only three and a half. So of these highest scoring projected games, it, it sets up the most likely to be a shootout. And if we can get the cheaper quarterback in that potential shootout, then that's obviously a really good spot for us. We know that we talked about this last week when we talked about Jameis. Tampa Bay, whoever's under center, they produce fantasy points. As a team, Tampa Bay has produced the second most quarterback fantasy points. The Buccaneers have their quarterbacks combined. Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick have accounted for 85% of their total yards, 85% of their total touchdowns. We only have two quarterbacks in the league who are over 80% in both of those categories. So that's just a long way of saying that the passing game is basically this entire offense. And like I said, we're expected to have a shootout. Both of these defenses rank in the bottom seven in four for four schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. And if you, if you just take a casual look at it, I think the average fan would say Tampa Bay is the worst defense, but over the past six weeks, Carolina's allowed the six most fantasy points per pass attempt. We're always looking for efficiency with quarterbacks, and Carolina's allowing extremely high efficiency. Tampa Bay's still bad, uh, but they're, they've allowed the 11th most, so not quite as bad fantasy points per attempt, that is. Uh, I, I don't think this is a situation where uh, Jameis gets benched, although I, I do think that you can make a case for Carolina's defense in tournaments because we've seen those – defenses even if they allow a lot of points and a lot of yards they can still put up numbers james winston is interception prone but uh you're getting a, a really big discount compared to some of the other guys in similar spots this week so how about lamar jackson though this guy's averaging 95 yards in his two starts tj uh, 95 yards rushing in his two starts so that's basically throwing a couple of touchdowns or throwing for 200 and some odd yards you want to look at a floor, the Atlanta defense is Swiss cheese. Why wouldn't you want to go with Lamar Jackson, not only in cash games, but maybe tournaments as well? I mean, I, I like targeting Atlanta's defense just period because they've been so banged up all year. They've allowed points to every single position. And you mentioned exactly the reason why we're, we, we should be on uh, Lamar Jackson. The only thing that might we might not love about him is he's just, he's not as cheap as he was the last couple of weeks on Fandle. He's priced exactly the same as Jameis and this Baltimore offense, even though Atlanta's uh, defense is very bad. I, I just don't see where the touchdown equity comes uh, 
uh, in this Baltimore offense. It's just a, it's not a, a dynamic, high-powered offense that's going to take big advantage of this Atlanta defense. And then similar on on DraftKings, you only have Lamar Jackson priced one hundred dollars. Uh, below Jameis Winston. You actually have him priced $100 above Andrew Luck on DraftKings, which is crazy if we're just talking <laughs> about how things are priced. But like you mentioned, that that's definitely going to drive down his ownership because people are going to see that they could plug in those those good quarterbacks um, against, uh, uh, against similarly bad defenses uh, with potentially more upside at a similar price point. And Lamar Jackson's just a, a classic price pivot. You want to tell me what the TK's, uh, DK's algorithm was thinking when they put Andrew Luck there? Do they still think that Jacksonville's defense is last year's defense? I mean, since week four, Luck has thrown either three or four touchdowns in every single game. Every single game. And he's not running like he used to, but my goodness. <laughs> How do you not go with Andrew Luck as your cash game quarterback there? Mm -hmm. And I I get it. Ebron's questionable. Um, They they got some – Doyle's gone again. They got got, uh, some injuries on that side of the ball. But, man, Jalen Ramsey might be out. How do you Mm -hmm. not just lock Luck in on DK? Yeah, I, I like him over there. I, I actually have have quite a bit to say about him in, in this week's um, write up on four for four when I'm I'm looking at at passing games to target. But one thing that as sharp as DraftKings pricing has been in terms of of not just letting you build a lineup with a bunch of studs like you can on FanDuel, and, and they've actually adjusted quite well for uh, injuries and, and potential playing time. One thing that I've noticed on DraftKings, it seems new to their algorithm, is they've really uh, overvalued or overemphasized matchup when it comes to uh, position-specific matchup. Mm-hmm. So we see that with Andrew Luck against Jacksonville. We saw it with James Conner a couple weeks ago. I don't remember exactly who they were playing, but uh, it looked like a bad match. It might have been Jacksonville as well. But uh, it, that's one thing I, I've seemed to have noticed from DraftKings pricing this year. All right, let's move on to running back now. And Christian McCaffrey won a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of money last mm-hmm. week. And he's 8,800 on both sides. Um, at Tampa Bay, so they're on the other side. Highest Is this the highest implied point total um, of the week, this game? Uh, this is the the second highest uh, over-under of the week, I believe, or, okay. or third highest. And then um, uh, Carolina is up there in terms of, of projected total. They're projected for 29 points, but we actually have we actually have five teams projected for 29 or more this week. So Kansas City, the Rams. Yeah, that Steelers-Chargers game is going to be pretty fun as well. Yep. But it's not the main slate. So McCaffrey, 8,800 everywhere. And a Tampa Bay's defense, as we all know, is just horrible. You just want to target the Tampa Bay defense. You got a floor and a ceiling with uh, Christian McCaffrey that are both elite. So try and talk me out of McCaffrey. I don't think you can. I don't think you can just because if we compare McCaffrey to the other players at his price point, we're not even talking about Gurley here. Gurley's priced $1,000 over Christian McCaffrey on FanDuel, 500 more on DraftKings, but that $500 represents a uh, 10% of the salary on DraftKings, so it's still a pretty big difference. Uh, Gurley has seen fewer than 20 touches in three of three of the last four games. Obviously, part of that was, was an injury, I believe, on, on Thursday night. Um, I'm sorry, Monday night, but the, the Rams have shifted – towards the past a little bit more in, in recent weeks. They've really been leaning on on Jared Goff. Uh, similarly, guys that are near the top of, of the uh, value reports, Kareem Hunt doesn't have a massive uh, touch share in the Chiefs offense. It's up there like near the top 10. But McCaffrey is a guy that over the last month is, is top five in percentage of team touches. 43% of Carolina's touches in every game over the last month. And you mentioned Tampa Bay. The, this is an offense we talked about with Jameis Winston. Both offenses projected for very high point totals in what should be a shootout. And Tampa Bay is one of two defenses that ranks in the bottom 10 in 4 for 4 schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to every single skill position. So all of those factors on 4 for 4 puts Christian McCaffrey uh, right atop the value rankings, not just a running back, but across all positions. And I, it, we might have had Kamara at top once, but I think this is the first, maybe the second time all season that 
Gurley has been on the main slate and not been our top value. So that's that's pretty interesting. And then obviously we, we're thinking about touchdown upside. There's probably still a little bit of a narrative that uh, that Cam Newton vultures his running backs touchdowns, which which in the past that's true. Uh, but Rich Rebar put out a, a nice stat today that, that Christian McCaffrey Christian McCaffrey leads the league with 18 touches inside the 10 over, uh, ever since week eight. So a, a lot of goal line opportunities there for CMC. Yeah, unfortunately, last week he had that huge run and then Cam mm-hmm. did vulture him. But it, it's yeah, not, it, it, it it kept it, him from getting uh, from from getting 58 DraftKings points instead of 52. <laughs> it was a huge disappointment. By the way, I don't know if you saw this, but. Um... Dave Burkett from the Detroit Free Press, if we're going to talk about Gurley just for a second, the Lions have the best run defense in the NFL over the last three weeks. Not that it yeah. matters. Not that to, to tell you the truth, I don't think it does matter because the Rams are going to go out there and just steamroll them. Mm-hmm. But just so you know, the Lions' run defense has been much improved. Yeah, it's uh, Snacks has been balling over there ever since mm-hmm. they brought him in. Absolutely. Um, and then there's a couple of the guys I love this week that are around the same price point as Philip Lindsay, but I don't know if there's if there's another player I'm rooting harder for right now in the NFL than Philip Lindsay, uh, Denver guy, undrafted free agent, goes out, signs with his hometown team, seven thousand on Fanduel, fifty four hundred on DK, going to Cincinnati to take on the worst defense in a National mm-hmm. Football League. Nobody is giving up more points per game than the Cincinnati Bengals right now. That is an organization that is absolutely in shambles once again. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I, I also would, I'm interested in knowing this because I, I just thought about it. Is there anybody more efficient than Philip Lindsay right now with doing what he does with the touches that he gets? Because Freeman still cuts into his workload. Booker cuts into his workload a little bit. And Lindsay every week continues to produce. Yeah, and that and and that carries over from from early in the season. He's actually finally seen uh, his touch share go up a, a little bit. He's still losing touches, but uh, just w- without that many workhorses in the league, he ranks 11th in team touch share over the last month. Uh, in the prior to that, he was around like ranked 15th. So uh, that 38, 39 percent touch share—that's not what you would consider. Uh, workhorse volume, but like you said, he's been, he's been doing a lot with those touches. And, and Philip Lindsay is a player that he's not going to have all of the uh, the perfect optics that we necessarily like in our running backs. There's definitely teams that have higher implied totals this week. There are definitely teams that are bigger favorites. Denver is on the road, so it's not perfect. But like we've talked about on this podcast this year, one of my favorite things has been to target the Raiders because they've just been an all-around bad team. And regardless of, of spread or match positional matchup or implied point totals, bad teams are just going to give up a lot of points and a lot of fantasy value to opposing teams. And that's what we have with Cincinnati here. Uh, obviously, they've been very bad against the run. They rank last in 4 for fours schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed. Uh, but one thing where they've they've really struggled through uh, in the passing in passing defense recently over the last six weeks they've allowed the most yards per attempt to opposing passers and that obviously doesn't pertain directly to a running back but when you can move the ball any way you want against a defense it's going to set up more scoring opportunities and that's obviously going to benefit the player that touches the ball the most and after the quarterback that's the running back and we haven't even mentioned the fact that with Andy Dalton out now Jeff Driscoll is going to be starting so we have an inexperienced uh quarterback I think he what he's only in the second or third year but he's never had an NFL start so what that potentially does is sets up the Denver offense just to have uh, better field position more often than not, and obviously a better game script, which is going to help our running back. So Philip Lindsay at 7K on FanDuel, 5,500 on DraftKings, uh, one of my favorite value plays with Denver favored by 4.5. I, I think even though they're only favored by 4.5, I, I, I would venture to say that if there is a sneaky blowout, it's this one. Uh, just football outsiders. Lindsay is second in DVOA. Wow. And he is third in DYAR. So, I mean, he's incredible. Gurley, Aaron Jones, Philip Lindsay, then Kamar and Gordon. That's how efficient this guy has been. A lot, people didn't want to jump on the Tyree Kill bandwagon for a mm-hmm. long time. Oh, it's just, it's just, it's everything. I was one of those. It, it's, there's just certain guys 
that buck the trend. They're so explosive that they're going to create big plays. Philip Lindsay is one of those guys. Love watching this guy do what he does. So um, in the write-up, will there be anything about TJ Yeldon? Uh, there will be just because okay. that's, we that's have fine. to address the fact that Fournette, Fournette isn't playing, but mm-hmm. um, that yeah. that's a touchy situation to say the least. Just a teaser. Just a teaser. That's all we We give you some plays, but TJ's write-ups, you got to go there for the rest of it. Uh, wide receiver now, Devontae Adams. We start there, back to Green Bay, going up against this uh, this Cardinals defense at home. He's one of the elite wide receivers in the game. When you think about the top five fantasy wide receivers, does Devontae Adams' name come up very often when you talk to other people? Because I think people that follow it all the time know yeah. that he is. But this guy is, what, number three? He's right there three or four in fantasy points this year season long. Devontae Adams has turned into one of the best wide receiver fantasy assets that you can have. And it's it's probably because he's not as – as splashy as Tyreek, he's not seeing the the crazy volume that Adam Thielen has had. Uh, Green Bay's been they're they're not a big market. They've obviously been a little bit down this year. He's never our our top overall value on on uh, four for four. We always have players like like uh, Hopkins and and Hill Thielen ranked a little bit higher than him. But I wanted to point him out specifically this week just because. I already talked about all the reasons that I really like Green Bay as a passing offense this week. And Devontae, you can argue he's been, out of all of those players, the most consistent this year. He is one of two wide receivers that has scored at least 15 DraftKings points in every single game that he's played. He's the only one that has scored at least 16 points in every game. He's one of three players that's seen at least 20% of his team targets in every game he's played, and he's tied for the lead league in red zone targets. So you got arguably the most consistent receiver in the league this year tied to arguably the best quarterback, even though he hasn't been playing up to what we expect from Aaron Rodgers, in a spot where Green Bay has one of the highest um, point totals that they've had all year. So Devontae, 85 on FanDuel, 7,900 on DraftKings. Uh, he's, he's priced down. Uh, especially on DraftKings, priced down a little bit compared to those top guys, uh, and then probably is not going. He's not going to be low owned, but when you have him one hundred dollars more than Tyreek, and where Casey's in a low spot, it's definitely going to suppress Adam's salary a little bit. All right, I'm so sorry, his ownership. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's we'll get back to Kenny Galladay. He's next on our list, but mm-hmm. I want to skip to DJ Moore real quick. Mm-hmm. In the preseason, you had a lot of analysts saying that this was going to be the guy that was going to be the great wide receiver that the Panthers have been looking for for a long time, that Funchess wasn't going to be that guy, Benjamin wasn't that guy, this is the guy, DJ Moore. And now you see the practice report, there was no Funchess again, and Curtis Samuel's hamstring is a little bit cranky. If one of those two guys misses, that's more targets for DJ Moore. If both miss, forget about it. And, you know, I was listening to John Paulson on the Most Accurate podcast, and he was kind of discussing, well, you know, even if Funches comes back, that's more of a hit on Samuel than anything else. Sure. At 6,400 on FanDuel and 5,600 on DK, DJ Moore, to me, just stands out as the value at the wide receiver position this week. Maybe him and Manny Sanders, these are the two guys that really stand out to me. Sure. We we just don't really have this week um, uh, obvious pump plays. I think maybe you can make the case for uh, for Josh Reynolds, but but DJ Moore at sixty four hundred on Fanduel, fifty six hundred on DraftKings. He's a, a price saving option in a high scoring game in an offense where he's been trending in the right direction. I I don't see in cash games how you get away from this value at the position. Uh, it hasn't been a long uh, sample of consistent high volume, but uh, it's it's late in the season and, and things are, are trending toward these players that sometimes gain a little time to, to get that traction. 20% target share over the last month peaked at 31% target share last week. I don't, there, there's no way he sustains that in this offense, but somewhere in, in the 23 to 25% range, I think is very sustainable for DJ Moore. This will probably be the the lowest we see his price for the rest of the season, and he does get a very good matchup. He he moves around a lot. Um, Brent Grimes isn't stationary, but most of DJ Moore's time should be against Brent Grimes, who is one of 15 corners on this week's slate that has allowed at least 
nine yards per target. So even though uh, DJ Moore isn't necessarily ha hasn't been used as a big downfield guy, uh, Grimes has been allowing some some pretty big plays. So that's DJ Moore and then Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones IR. Um, you've got now the one thing I am a little concerned about is that Aqib Talib might be back. Yeah, and that could turn into a little bit of an issue with the sure. secondary fully healthy and them getting pressure on Matt Stafford. Mm -hmm. But if you're just looking at volume alone, Kenny Galladay is their number one, their number two. I mean, Ellington's fine. Uh, Jones is fine, but they got, they got one guy there who's their number one and that's Kenny Galladay. And it's, it's been evident. I mean, they, they got rid of Tate and then it was, Jones with the target lead in the first game without Tate. Jones goes, uh, Jones goes on IR. All of a sudden, over the last month, Kenny Galladay is fourth in target share among all players. Uh, Detroit, even if they are facing a tough defense, if it keeps lead, comes back. They're big underdogs. They're going to be in uh, pass-heavy mode versus arguably the best offense in the league. And that is going to benefit the primary pass catcher because he's just going to be peppered with targets. Even if the defense plays well against him, if, if the game flow goes as expected and the Rams get up big Galladay, even if he has a bad game for the first three and a half quarters, we see it so many times garbage time. If it favors anybody, it's the primary receiver. He can get six for 60 on the last drive of the game, make his day. And that looks like variance on luck a lot, but it's, it's not, it's something that happens quite consistently with these high volume receivers when they are uh, in a spot where they're behind. Galladay is actually our only wide receiver that projects as a top three value on both FanDuel and DraftKings. I don't know if we mentioned his price, 7,300 on FanDuel, 6,700 on DraftKings. And, Obviously, this has a lot to do with Aqib Tlaib missing most of the year, but Marcus Peters hasn't been good this year. The Rams rank last in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. No defense over the last uh, six weeks has allowed more fantasy points per pass attempt, so I think um, a, a lazy narrative, if you look at, at a team like the Rams or the Saints or the uh, Chiefs, you might say, well, yeah, they give up a, a lot of points because they score a lot of points and teams have to throw a lot against them. The Rams have been giving up not just huge efficiency, the, work, the highest efficiency to passers over the last six weeks. Uh, if Tlaib does play, how healthy is he? It's, 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 we're recording this Wednesday going into Thursday. He's still, uh, there's still no word on that. So is he going to be at 100%? If he doesn't play, Galladay is going to get a lot of his time against Troy Hill, who has allowed the third most fantasy points per target and yards per target amongst starting cornerbacks this week. So there you have it at the wide receiver position. I think there's some other pivots as well, even for cash. There's a lot of mid mid range value mm -hmm. this week at wide receivers. A you lot. kind of alluded to, so you can go a lot of different ways. Tight end. I don't think there's too many ways you got to go in cash. I think it's pretty simple. Ebron and Brait. Brait is the cheap option. Forty nine hundred Fanduel, thirty seven hundred DK, and Ebron fifty six hundred Fanduel, forty two hundred DK with Brait. And it was here on four for four. Um, I think Miller's waiver wire article a couple of weeks ago, something like 26% of uh, Jameis Winston's touchdown passes have gone to Bray. How is that possible? Wow. I didn't, I did not see that stat, but I mean, when, if we date that back to last year, obviously, obviously they both haven't had a ton of overlap, but Bray was the primary, primary red zone target for most of the year last year. Yeah. So that makes sense a little bit. And then even though Bray didn't have a huge game in terms of volume last week, he was on the field for 70% of the snaps without OJ Howard out there. And his score came on a red zone target. He's when, when he's in there, He's the red zone guy. Uh, Mike Evans is is sees decent red zone volume. Chris Godwin over the course of the season has a good red zone volume, but a lot of that has to do with uh, early season targets. So right now, Brait is their red zone guy, and this is a game that's going to be a high scoring one. Tampa Bay should be near the goal line again. So even if if Brait only sees the five or six targets, one or two of those could be near the goal line. Where unless you're paying all the way up for uh, tight end, you're just not going to get consistent production and you're getting great 4,900 on FanDuel 3,700 on DraftKings. Uh, you could make a case for another pump play on DraftKings, but on, on FanDuel he's, he's priced as low as anybody. Um, who's the editor, by the way, for Jeff Miller's articles. Do you know who the editor is? Because it's an I'm, editor's note. 
Oh, I believe that would be uh, that that'd be Paulson if it's the waiver wire. All right. So here, here's what he said. This was the week 12 waiver wire thing, right? So he goes, stating back to the start of last season, Brait has 12.1% of his targets of Winston's targets, 12.5% of his completions, and 26% of his touchdowns. And he caught another one last week. So listen, you don't, you, you can't predict touchdowns. Fine. Touchdown equity right there. Mm-hmm. He's looking for Brait in the end zone. Yep. And Carolina's last in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. So if, again, tight end's such a high-variance position, and on Fandle, that touchdown equity is so important that those percentages come into play a lot there. Yep, and then Ebron with Doyle on IR. Ebron was already um, mm-hmm. just crushing it, get touchdowns. What, what does he have, like 40? This is something else I saw. 44 catches, and 11 of them are touchdowns? It's insane. How is this guy again? We go back to we go back to efficiency. Yeah, he's got eleven eleven touchdown catches, forty four catches overall. <laughs> we're, we're talking about a quarter of this guy's receptions are for touchdowns, and as you point out, his numbers without Doyle really go through the roof. Yeah, it's very uh, Julius Thomas esque of him this season. But uh, Jack Doyle on on IR now without. Doyle in the lineup, Ebron's averaging 10 targets per game, 5.2 catches, 56 yards, 0.8 touchdowns, almost a touchdown per game. So uh, those are those are massive fantasy numbers there. The 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 knock on Ebron this week is going to be the matchup. Jacksonville ranks ranks eighth in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends, but that doesn't matter against this Indianapolis team. They're an offense that uh, they're hitting on all cylinders in their passing game. Andrew Luck is is trying to break these multi-touchdown, three-touchdown records. And I, I don't think that it stops this week against Jacksonville. We talked about uh, Jeff Driscoll starting for the the Bengals and, and that putting a team behind the eight ball. Well, now the Jaguars are throwing in Cody Kessler. And obviously, Blake Bortles hasn't been good this year. But uh, again, an inexperienced starter on the other side, which can result in very positive game script, more scoring opportunities for the opposition, which is the Colts this week. And Indy already favored by four and a half, even though they have a tough, tough matchup, still implied for 26 points, which this week isn't relatively high when we look at some of the other totals, but 26 implied points, considering how much of their Offense is coming through the air. That means a, a lot of touchdown equity through the passing game. And there isn't anyone that you can argue that has much more touchdown equity as a pass catcher or as a tight end than Eric Ebron. All right, so let's move on to defense now. A um, couple of teams really stand out. We'll just go back to the Packers because they're playing the Cardinals. You know, just target the worst teams each and every week and something good is probably going to happen. And with the Packers, uh, their defense – their defense on the road is giving up almost 29 points per game. Their mm-hmm. defense at home is 18.8 points per game. And this will be one of the worst offenses that anybody's going to face. So it's almost natural. 4,400 FanDuel, 2,800 DK. You want to pay up on FanDuel for defense. The Packers are the way to go. And we have a, a, a handful of teams. I want to say a lot of teams favored by seven points, favored by double digits, playing against offenses with uh, bad offensive lines, with bad quarterbacks. Uh, but the the one thing that I like about Green Bay, not only are they favored by 14 and a half, but they are facing um, – I'm sorry, they – They have one of the highest adjusted sack rates in the league. They've been really good at getting after the quarterback. Arizona has been pretty poor at protecting the quarterback, but in 10 and adjusted sack rate. So we want that opportunity for uh, increased pressure on the quarterback, even though Arizona isn't a team that is going to try to throw a ton. They're going to be forced into a situation where they have to throw a lot and they just can't protect Josh Rosen, who already has one of the highest interception rates uh, in the league this year. Horrible, horrible, mm-hmm. horrible team, horrible coaching, horrible. At least Byron Leftwich is trying to get David Johnson involved in the yeah. offense there. Plus, I, I don't, I have not read a study on this. Uh, there might be one out there. You talk about a dome team in Phoenix where the weather's beautiful, and it's going to be in the low 30s with snow in Green Bay. It's not going to be yeah. ideal conditions. So yeah. Throw that into the mix, too. Uh, the Chiefs, 4,300 Fanduel, 2,500 DK. They are... Big, gigantic favorites in this one. And I know you want to talk about the double dip. 
that's the only reason I wanted to mention them because I, uh, if we're going through, I mean, let's talk about the biggest favorites of the week, the Chiefs, uh, the Packers, the Rams. Uh, you're probably splitting hairs uh, a little bit. Seahawks are another good one. Titans are another good one. But the Chiefs, they're 15-point favorites. And if you want to give yourself away – uh, to pull away from the pack, even if it's in cash games, especially if you're playing head-to-heads. And if if you get to Tyreek in your cash lineups, which I, I think it's possible, even though I didn't mention him, he is very expensive, and you're going to want you're, you're going to want some kind of exposure to the Chiefs, no matter what type of game you're playing. If you could pair those two up and, and, and Tyreek takes one to the house on a return, uh, that's a really good way to get ahead of the field. So it's it's not something that is traditionally talked about for cash games, but if you're playing primarily head-to-heads and, and you want a chance to lap the field, that's definitely one way to do it. Uh, I w- just want to throw the Browns at you real quick, just to to sideswipe you, since you weren't expecting it, because we weren't going to talk about the Browns, but they're so cheap, especially on FanDuel. I think they're mm-hmm. 3200 Yep, They're going up against Houston. Now, Houston's offense has just been a runaway freight train. They're on the road. This would be what you consider a punt play. A true punt. <laughs> a true punt play. But I'm looking at it, you know, you're, you're always afraid to get zeros and negative points. But they took a zero against Kansas City, but at Cincinnati, eight points. At it, This is just FanDuel. At Atlanta, seven points. At Pittsburgh, picked up four points. 14 at Tampa Bay. This, this it's a very uncomfortable, but if you're trying to jam in some better plays, would you ever consider Cleveland a cash? 100% because on, on DraftKings, probably not because I, I just mentioned the chiefs. They're only $200 more than the Browns on DraftKings, but on FanDuel, we don't, all of these defenses that are in good spots are, are priced appropriately. I think every favorite except every favorite of at least five points except for the patriots is priced uh four thousand dollars or above and we have a lot of those teams favored by four and a half five or more this week but we have the browns all the way down at 3200 they're six point underdogs on the road but you're you have a a good real life defense and you're if, if you do if you make a play like this you're really just looking for a floor um and your your logic here isn't necessarily that the the Browns are going to win the week for you or that they're even going to get you more than four or five points. Uh, but they are a good defense in real life. And the Texans, they've ran a lot more than we would like from our offense that we're targeting with our with our cash game defense. We want the opportunity for, for sacks and turnovers from a high uh, passing rate offense. But when they do pass, they have one of the worst pass blocking lines uh, in the league. But Never mind all of that. What what this is really going to do for you is it's a concept we've talked about multiple times on this podcast before. If you pay down to Cleveland in cash games and whatever the example might be, if it gets you to Christian McCaffrey and 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 Kareem Hunt or Christian McCaffrey and and uh, Tyreek Hill, where another defense might not get you there. That alone, having those two together, uh, whoever your favorite studs might be, that could be the game breaker in the game winning week because sure, your defense might get you 15, 20, but Tyreek and, and whoever your favorite, whatever the combo is, they both might get you 40. So who cares if your defense gets you a zero? You, you can arguably be having uh, a higher ceiling with a zero from one spot than with three mediocre players. Yeah, Deshaun Watson is the third most sacked quarterback in the NFL, mm-hmm. and he's been sacked seven times over the last two weeks, and that puts him in the top five there. So at the very least, they'll get a couple of sacks, two, three sacks out of it. But, yep. yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the possible plays here, and one way to go would have to throw in one, the Cle- Cleveland defense. One, I, I obviously talk a lot of theory with um, other DFSers throughout the season, and and – Unlike on DraftKings, where you are really hunting for these values, uh, you're most of the time. I think you're probably doing yourself a, a pretty big disservice on FanDuel because they allow you to do so. If you're not getting to as many of these studs as possible, um, and 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 doing something like taking, like forcing a whatever it might be, a, a Packers over a Browns when you could get another stud at running back or, or wide receiver. 
because they allow you to do that, you should probably take advantage of it when you can. You just don't have that option on DraftKings, and and those stud players, they're they're priced so high because those guys just have way obviously higher floors, but their ceilings are so much exponentially higher than any of these mid range guys that, that you're going to go after. Yeah, and there's I mean mid range value over there on Fanduel, like you're saying, uh, on uh, DraftKings, like you're saying, you could double dip with Tyreek because the Chiefs are twenty five hundred. I mean that. Uh, Jameis Winston's going to mm-hmm. turn the ball over. You yep. can go twenty five hundred with the Panthers. Yeah, uh, the Rams are right there at twenty six hundred. So there are there's a lot uh, more balance going over there. DraftKings in the mid range, where it's just kind of top and bottom there in um, in Fanduel this week. All right, let's get on to our game theory segment. Playing through a losing streak, I need a slump buster, and hopefully it'll come out this week. So I told you. Uh, and, and I, I threw this at you. I had a couple of weeks there pushing. I, one, I hit 200 points. The other one, I was in the mid-190s in the beginning of the season. I was on mm-hmm. a roll. So I'll admit to you how bad I've been lately. I can also tell you I, I was kicking ass at the beginning of the season. These last four weeks, TJ, have been brutal. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. Last week, last week, and now into this week, I've been questioning myself a little bit. Yeah. And I keep going back to it over and over again. Grind, grind, grind. Talk to everybody in the industry. Just keep at it, man. It'll turn around. You're good. You're, you know, you study, you do it. At some point in time, this is going to have to turn around. Now, hopefully it is this week, but come on, help me through this. Help me through this losing streak that I'm on right now. This, I mean, this is such a hard, hard point to drive home because we don't have that many trials in NFL. So it's really, uh, it really messes with your mind if you're you're losing for a month in the NFL, assuming you're only playing main slate and and and, uh, and maybe you're only playing one lineup cash. Your your month long losing streak in, in NFL that's really a four day losing streak in most sports, which is extremely common. Like we only have one trial a week to to do this right in a very high variance game with a game that that you're pushing very thin margins, especially if you're playing low stakes with high rake. So what can be perceived as a losing streak, oftentimes it's just natural variance. Now that obviously assumes that you have a, a prof- profitable winning process, which can be very difficult to evaluate when we have a small sample. But um, I want to read an, an excerpt from one of Jonathan Bale's most recent uh, books, and it's something that I've entered into my articles before, but uh, quickly just to highlight the point of how high variance NFL can be. If you have a normal distribution of tournament finishes, and a 20% long-term ROI, you still have about 16% chance of being down after a sample of 1,000 GPPs. So to put that into the context, you have somewhere of a 1 in 6 chance, if you are that 20% long-term ROI player, of still being down after 62 and a half seasons of NFL. Ugh. <laughs> if you're a profitable player, there's somebody in a normal distribution that out of pure luck is going to be a losing player after 63 seasons. That's how few trials we have. So it's very hard to look at NFL and say that you have a losing streak. There's so much variance. Um, without another way, we can talk about how to play through these things. All right, let's play through it, man, because you know all the all the winnings from earlier in the season, I refuse to go on the on the downside mm-hmm. of things. So I'm actually going to start playing it a little more conservative um, and it really has been cash games, which is odd that the struggles have been there, but let's, how about the process? What process should I be using right now? Let's start with that. First and foremost, we we're going on the assumption that we have a proven winning process. Now, obviously that changes from week to week. Uh, there, there's so many variables, pricing algorithms change, whatnot uh, that, that it's, it can, be hard to tell again because in NFL specifically, we it's very hard to see the long term. But there are th- a lot of checks and balances that we can do to at least make sure that we're not way off the path. And one of the great things that you can do and should be doing, whether you're winning or losing, and the reason that we do a column at four for four that reviews winning lineups every week is see how other players. Are, are doing and not even just winning lineups. That's obviously uh, something that's very profitable and very valuable to do. The players that won go through, compare your lineups to their lineups, but also just 
players that, that you know that are winning players, if you subscribe to 444, if you follow any of the other uh, uh, big sites, you probably have a very good idea of who the best players are or who the most profitable or consistent players are. And if you're playing a large field double up or you're playing a ton of head-to-heads, chances are you're matched up against some of the best players in the world in s- some of your contests. So even if they lost, take 20 minutes, go through. Uh, we, we talked about you know those, those players that are the best in the world and see what did they do this week. Are you kind of close to them or did you lose because you had a 1v1? That, that's a really good indication that you're at least on the right path. And uh, if if you're somebody that is only playing like one cash game lineup a week, which we'll get into shortly, sometimes it comes down to a 1v1. That could be your whole week. And you're, you've are you set up a situation where we know we're taking on high variance. But in um, something that's similar is just talking to other players of similar skill level or better skill level and trying to figure out what those trends are that are changing, how you're missing on on plays that are hitting, what you might have overlooked in terms of, of research. And that is step one, going back through your process, making sure you haven't changed. And I'm just talking about research here. We'll talk about game selection process in a minute. But those are, are the primary things that you could be doing. All right, so that's the first. We'll go and look at what some of the mm-hmm. winning players are doing week to week. So what's next? What am I doing after that? So I've already gone through the other guys' lineups. What am I mm-hmm. doing now? I And I, this is a really important one because there is a very fine line between uh, information overload and being too rigid in your research process. So something that one of my faults is that I often get get lost in my own research and don't look for outside points of view. So it's still very important to do your own research, whether you're doing this for a living or just trying to grind out a small profit during the NFL season. Uh, before you you go read any one one article or listen to a bunch of podcasts, uh, do your own research. But then also look to expand your point of view. Maybe you are only subscribed to one website or only read one website or column, look for something outside of that. Maybe it's going to open your eyes to something that you've been overlooking. There's there's uh, a lot of great material that is subscription-based. There's a lot of great free material, even if it's just a, a dump of statistics that you might be overlooking. But uh, make sure you aren't just focused in on a process that maybe isn't the perfect process or one that, that can't be improved. All right, so we're now I'm starting to feel a little bit better because I know what I'm going to be doing to get through this. Um, what's next? Uh, I, one of the, the, the things that I often see is we'll have a situation where somebody is all of a sudden in a, a losing streak or maybe they've just not winning as much as they have, and, and it's because maybe they've had some kind of early success that has um, – that has tainted their view of what is realistic and it they haven't had to re- realize how important it is to game select properly or to at least evaluate your game selection process and if if you've never went through this process before you should probably not even play this week and go back and make sure you're doing it properly because if you're just blindly throwing games and lineups uh at these sites without a, a strategy in place, that's probably a really good uh, indication that you're on the losing side and probably uh, dead money in these games. So go back and, and what is your process from day one? Are you uh, are you someone that is looking to grind out a profit? Are you a high stakes player that is playing a ton of head-to-heads or a ton of cash games uh, and and just trying to break even between those big hits on GPPs? Are you somebody that's really low stakes that that is only looking to, to hit it big? You're playing a ton of GPPs. If you're the latter, you're going to have a, a lot of really long uh, losing streaks just because it's, it's really hard to hit on a GPP and you're playing a game that only pays out 20% of the field. So obviously, uh, this could be natural variance, but it also could be something as simple. I've seen this multiple times. Someone might be playing, I don't know, say say you're playing whatever, it might be $1,000 a week in, in cash. 
But for whatever reason, instead of playing mostly head-to-heads, you were playing one lineup in just 50-50s and double-ups. You're exposing yourself to extremely high variance because if you have a lineup that is in, say, the 40th percentile and you're playing head-to-heads and and double-ups, now you have a zero on the week with that cash lineup. Whereas if you're playing as many head-to-heads as possible, you're going to get a 40% return on your money That's that should be numbers should normal out based on on where your your lineup falls and you're going to get that money instead of just losing it all in one week. Um, there's also a chance that you need to, if you've been losing recently, maybe you need to drop in stakes. So say you have a, a specific game allocation. Go back to that $1,000. If you're playing 10% of your bankroll each week, uh, you're allocated $1,000 to cash games and head-to-heads, which maybe allows you to play at the, the 10 and $25 level. But maybe you've had a few losing weeks and your bankroll allocation should de- suggests that maybe now you should only be playing $700 a week, but you're still playing those those 10 and $25 games, uh, but you can't play as many at that level. That's Again, that's going to lead to higher variance. Maybe because of your smaller bankroll now, you need to drop down slightly in stakes, but that doesn't mean that you should necessarily just be uh, dropping down stakes because you're losing. Taking a break? Is that what I'm supposed to do? Just take a whole day off, a whole Sunday off? What am I going to do with my life? There's only 17 Sundays like this, man. Well, I mean, if you if you haven't done the things that we started to cover right now and you don't have a, a good process for going over your game selection or you don't have a good research process and you've kind of been coasting, getting lucky, and all of a sudden you're on this losing streak, think about it just from a remove the 17 weeks that we have allowed for it. If you haven't take, taken the time to do this, you're, you're negative expected value. So if you just keep going on with that, your maybe your expected value each week is negative $500. Take a week off. Now your expected value is zero instead of negative 500. Get that process tight and saving that $500 is just as good as making $500. It's the same thing to your bankroll. Uh, but there are a few other things that you can do through the game selection process that maybe you haven't thought of, even if you're still on on that path that you set out at the beginning. All right, TJ, that's it. I'm going to take this to the bank. I'm going to go keep grinding it out, and I'm going to try and turn a profit this week. So we'll try and get back on the uh, the winning ways. This happens. This happens a lot, and it happens to everybody. Four weeks, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you ever had four weeks, but this is the first Oh, time. I've definitely had four weeks. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like a, NFL is it's so high variance. And, I mean, there there's stuff that we have – we can do an hour long podcast on this, but it could be something as, as small as say you have a, a perfect game allocation. So you're playing 10% of your bankroll, uh, every week, 80% of your money's in cash, 20% in GPPs. You're playing, uh, as many head to heads as possible. Maybe those GPPs are costing you money, not from a lineup building perspective. Maybe you're playing the wrong games. Maybe you, are playing that twenty percent of GPPs, but you aren't um, you aren't playing the most optimal games. Maybe there is a GPP at the same buy level that you play that pays out two times if you min cash, and you're playing one that only pays out one and a half x your buying if you min cash. That's a lot of money if you're playing every week, especially if you're playing decent stakes. Maybe you're somebody that's playing. Uh, if if I remember correctly, DraftKings has a really big rake jump at the fifty dollar level. So maybe you have, let's say you have, uh, I don't know, say you have a hundred dollars allocated to GPPs each week, and you are playing a, I think they have a thirty three dollar three max sometimes. Maybe you're playing that game every week. If you jump up to the fifty dollar level, maybe all of a sudden you get this huge drape, uh, drop in rake. So you might play two lineups at the $50 level instead of three at the $33 level, but all of a sudden that's that's free money in your pocket. You might be paying 10% rake instead of 13 or 14% rake. That's a big difference. Maybe you haven't spiked your 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 losing streak. Maybe one week you did good in cash games, but you forgot to put your cash game in a decent GPP lineup. That could have cost you literally thousands of dollars by just forgetting to do that. Maybe you need to set a reminder that week. Maybe you skipped a free roll. There's lots of um, free money or hidden money that you could be making by going through those steps. 
Yeah, and uh, I'll also blame my decision making on starting James O'Shaughnessy in back to back weeks in cash game lineup. So bad decision making. Yes, uh, let's get back on the winning ways. TJ, my man, it was great doing a show with you today. It always is. Um, and we still got a lot more. We got 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, seven more shows, 20 after this. So seven more shows coming up here on DFS MVP. And if anybody um, forgot, because we've been doing this for an hour now, our DFS MVP promo code, DFS MVP, 25% off after the price drop to $39 that took effect this week. So it's basically dirt cheap for the rest of the season. And rate, review, T-shirt giveaway, TJ. Tell them about it. Let's get out of here. If you like what you hear, go on iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating and review. We're going to put your name into the drawing to uh, to win one of those free T-shirts. And, and we give the details on that each week. You don't have to do anything else. If you like us and you want more of us, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at TJ Hernandez. Holden is at Holden Radio. And we will be back for week 14. Name one new batter when I drop this record here. It won't even matter. Why you act dumb like good dog? Say you act dumb like good dog. As the drummer boy go brr up from pum Give you some, some, some of this Cinnabon. Is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it. It's your permitted, it's why I need it.